Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Good afternoon and welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Uh, We appreciate all you guys tuning in to all of our podcast platforms. You can find us anywhere that you can find your favorite podcast and on YouTube. So thanks for joining in. It's my privilege today to uh, welcome uh, someone I've known for a long, long time and have ultimate respect for for him and, and not just as a a great athlete, but just a great person and a wonderful human being. And I'm, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce Rondé Barber, former Virginia Cavalier, all American and pro bowl player, uh, outstanding record setter with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and will become one of the newest members of the pro football hall of fame in Canton and a couple of weekends from now. And, I know Wahoo Nation is all excited about that, and I'm sure Tampa Bay Nation is too, and uh, everybody in the state of Virginia, particularly down in Roanoke, uh, where he went to school at Cave Spring High School. Yeah, with uh, with his twin brother Tiki, that everybody is, uh, loves as well. Rondé, uh, thank you so much for taking some time out today. Well, uh, Jerry, thanks for having me. It's um, it's been a busy uh, couple months, so. Uh, finding time this this close to is probably the best time. Uh, about a month and a half ago, you would have never gotten gotten a hold of me. Um, but yeah, now I've got a couple of weeks to kind of touch up all the details and get ready to go. I'm 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 excited. I'm ready. Um, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely ready. We're it joking. Doesn't yeah, doesn't we're, to many people. <laughs> right. Yeah, 371 of us after this class goes in, and uh, we were joking before we came on. Uh, my wife is a godsend. She has handled every single aspect of this process except for uh, writing my speech, which obviously I had to do uh, myself. Um, but it's um, it's tedious. They ask a lot of you. Um, but I think at the end, it'll be all worth it. It'll be so, so, so worth it. We're talking about your charming wife, Claudia. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I know we were talking a little bit off air. She was an event <laughs> and so uh yeah nobody's more organized than she is <laughs> yeah i think this takes her back to a time when she was getting paid for this so um, <laughs> I, think, I think she's getting paid in love from me and appreciation uh from everybody that uh that uh that that's having to deal with this as well we have 420 guests coming so wow. um, you can imagine um what the logistics uh uh, I won't say a headache because I think it's been a labor of love, but the logistics uh, aspect requires, and uh, she's handling it with pretty much ease. So it's, uh, I think, but but that being said, I think she's ready for it to be done and over with too at this point. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. 
<laughs> yeah, getting 420 people in anywhere at the same time is an incredible task, that's for sure. Um, I, I saw the video the other day on Twitter of you um, receiving your package from Canton that uh, and you and, and your dog opened it. <laughs> uh, and it was your uh, golden... Hall of Fame jacket. What what was that moment like for you, uh, opening that package and seeing that that sport coat? Well, I will say this. I, I knew it was coming. It had been sitting at the front door for about two days, and we just hadn't taken the time to uh, open it. We've been traveling so much during the summer and uh, a lot of obligations here and there. So um, uh, the Hall of Fame told us that they wanted us to record us open it so obviously they could post it on their social and we could – like it and follow it and whatnot um so i knew it was there and uh it's not as if i hadn't been fit for it in super, during super bowl week they have what they call sizing saturday uh during uh, uh that weekend of the super bowl and so that saturday you get size for your ring uh you get your initial measurements for your bust uh there's a couple of you get measures for some shirts and then they obviously do the most recognizable aspect of that is sizing you for your jacket so um, I, I knew it was in there. So when I opened it, uh, it's still a little emotional. I mean, uh, obviously, it'll be more so uh, on Friday at the Gold Jacket Dinner when uh, it's presented to me uh, officially. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it, I texted my friends, my, my three closest friends, uh, Brian, Ben and Paul. And I was like, dude, this just got real, you know, because it's there. <laughs> It's just real. Uh, one little caveat, though. I don't know if I should tell you this or not, but they put a little patch on the inside that has your name and your your number. You're forever now known as a number in the Hall of Fame. I'm 363. Well, my patch said 362. <laughs> so, we, we had to, so we had to send that back uh, for them to redo. But it, we know that it's taken care of. And I won't see it again until uh, now, until uh, uh, Friday the, the 5th. Wow. the fourth I'm sorry Friday the fourth of August yeah that's awesome um what 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 does this mean to you I mean uh you said there's only after this class there's only 371 players in history to make it into Canton I mean think about all the thousands of guys that have played in the NFL and uh you'll be joining people that you grew up admiring right. uh and 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 some of the guys that you played against, what, what is it, what does this mean to you to yeah. finally make it into that sacred place? Yeah, I think it's impossible to say exactly what it means. Uh, I mean, I'll try in my speech, uh, but it, it won't really capture what it is. Cause um, Jerry, I, I've been saying this to a lot of people. You don't set out to be a hall of famer. Anybody that does, it's like a fool's errand. You just, you just don't know how your career is going to turn out and, you know, how it'll be judged in the long run. And then once it comes to being judged, it's still a selection process. It's still a selection process uh, of sorts. Um, so you don't plan to be this. I didn't plan to be this. Um, but I do recognize the legends of the game that I'm joining. And and you mentioned it. There's upwards of 20,000 to 30,000 players that have played professional football uh, over the course of, well, what, what, what are we now, 70-something years. And uh, to be in that select group, I mean, it's it's special. It, there's there's no other way to say it. I mean, you you are special uh, when you join that that class. And uh, uh, I, I'm not saying I'm any better or any worse than any player that ever played, but I know what I did during my career. Um, and 
uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it was worthy uh, of, a, of a place. Um, there's things that I did in my career that nobody has ever done, probably won't ever do again. The game has changed even since since I played. And uh, there's a uniqueness about it and an uncommonness about what I was able to accomplish as a player. And I, I'm, I'm glad that it's recognized. Um, my wait wasn't that long. Uh, it feels like it forever because, you know, I had some unique stats or whatnot, but six years is not that long a wait uh, of eligibility. Um, um, but I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to give my speech and let people know what it means to me. Yeah, for those unaware of some of Rondé's uh, feats uh, in his 16 career as a cornerback with Tampa Bay, 1997 to 2012, NFL record 224 consecutive starts, which is, I don't know that that'll ever be broken. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, 47 interceptions, 28 sacks, the only player in NFL history to do that. I mean, that's that's incredible in itself. Yeah. I was NFL Defensive Player of the Week nine times, joining people like Lawrence Taylor, Bruce Smith, and Ray Lewis. I think there was one other, and that's the only guys that have ever done that. Um, first team All-Pro, 2001, 2004, 2005. Second team, 2002, 2006. Five-time Pro Bowl, NFL Interceptions Co-Leader in 2001. NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, Tampa Bay Ring of Honor. Uh, we could go on and on. It, you, you essentially redefined, Rondé, how your position was played in, on the pro level, just uh, with your versatility. Uh, I mean, those are staggering statistics and right. mentions if, if you just stop and think about all that. I think that's uh, what sets me apart. And I think that was Ira Kaufman, my voter, you know, in, in, here in Tampa. Uh, that's been his play all along. Uh, obviously, I, you play on a defense with a bunch of Hall of Famers, and I've got three other ones that went in ahead of me. Um, you, you get somewhat left in the shadows a little bit. Um, but I think those guys understood what I was doing, especially for our defense. Uh, a lot of that credit goes to, you know, our coaches, man. Monty Kiffin, who will get a – big mention in my speech. Um, I mean, he really transformed a position um, and and let me own it um, and let me do what I wanted to do. And obviously there's a schematics to what we were doing on defense, but there was a large part of that, that I kind of created on the run, uh, you know, week to week or even season to season, things that we adapted to better fit my, my playing style. And, it became a standard um, and then the standard became the expectation of the position. And so uh, there was a lot that, um, that we did in Tampa. I won't just say me, but we did in Tampa um, that really kind of dictated the way that that position, that nickel position was played over the years. And, you know, one of the things that used to bother me all the time is that people assume that that's all I did. If they didn't watch Tampa football, they assumed that all I was, was a nickel cornerback, but, you know, for 15 of my, 16 years um i was an outside i started outside corner i mean that's different now i don't know if i could do that in the nfl now these guys are six one and up (laughs) playing corner in the nfl um um but i I was very adept at doing a lot of things um and that it 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 gave me a lot of uh leeway in, in our system to go make plays and 
put up those unique numbers that you just mentioned uh, and to be able to do it and not get hurt in 15 years. Cause I didn't play my rookie year. So I'll just say 15 years. It's pretty amazing. Um, uh, a lot of credit to some people that I work with some other modalities that I use during my career, but I'm fortunate. I mean, I'm blessed. There's no doubt about it to be able to play as long as I did and not miss a, miss a game and be able to accumulate, you know, the type of stats and accolades that I did. So um, I tell you what, it was a hell of a run. It was fun. <laughs> I had a good time doing it. And you can still walk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mostly well. <laughs> a lot of guys have played 16 years have trouble doing that. That's yeah, sure. the, sci- the science is better now than it was <laughs> back in the early parts of NFL. Well, perhaps your greatest interception, uh, and some people have written that it was the greatest scoring play in Tampa Bay history, was in the – 2002 Super Bowl year in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles when you picked off Donovan McNabb and went 92 yards for a touchdown that that sealed the victory. I bet you can still see that in your sleep. Yeah, that's uh, it was such a reaction play, though, Jerry. It's not like I ever planned for that to happen. It's just like Hall of Fame. You don't plan for it to happen. You just kind of do your job, and if an opportunity presents itself and you're able to make a play, you make it. That's all that play was. I mean, granted – um that that entire game was a really really good game for me um the the interception was definitely an icing on the cake type of feeling especially being in philly uh you know obviously tiki had his battles with philly for for years in the nfc east but we had lost to him so many times in a row in the playoffs we had lost to him earlier that year i think it was either week two or three of the season that year um and it was uh it was a moment and uh, I think one of the, our theme song that year was a song by Eminem and it talks about capturing the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's all that was. I captured a moment and uh, somebody had to make a play in that situation. And fortunately the opportunity came to me and I made it. Um, uh, but I, I will relish forever being able to rub that in Philly fans face. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are, are God, they could be brutal. Uh, they're passionate and I love them for it. Uh, but they, uh, to this day, there, there's a lot of them that think that I ruined their childhoods. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're the monkey man, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm just, I was just doing my job. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely part of my, my lore uh, here and there, and it's, uh, it's nice to embrace it now. And while you're going into Canton for all your deeds in the NFL, you certainly had an incredible career at Virginia if they had a hall of fame you'd definitely be in it um 1993 to 1993 to 1996 and uh you were uh ACC rookie of the year in 1994 and then went on and made first team all ACC all three seasons you were here but what what did that rookie of the year mean to you did that kind of inspire you signal you to give you the confidence that you're, you're everything that you you kind of hoped and dreamed of and just... yeah that's yeah that's an interesting that was an interesting time for me because um obviously i was very successful in high school you knew that uh right. very successful track athlete everything that i did up until that point i had been really successful at but um you won't remember this or most people probably won't remember this either, but we went to high school in 10th grade at Cave Spring. Um, eight, eighth and ninth, seventh, eighth and ninth was still junior high. And so we went to high school in 10th grade and I wasn't playing my, my, my 
sophomore year, that 10th grade year. Uh, and there's a guy ahead of me. His name was Todd Dowdy. Um, he was also a twin. He had a brother named Baker. Um, uh, he was starting at safety and he got hurt. I think it was like week three or four. And I got an opportunity to play. And from then on, I owned that position. I played free safety all three years in high school. And I was all state, uh, all times, and all those other things. Uh, it kind of mirrored my start at Virginia. Um, so I was prepared for kind of the disappointment of my first year, 1993, my 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 first year on campus. I was redshirted. Um, and the reality of it was, I can look back on it now and say this, but at the time, you couldn't have told me this. But at the time, I was 149 pounds you know, trying to play college football and I just wasn't ready. Um, even though Tiki and Walt both were not redshirted, I, I got, I got redshirted. So that kind of, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, when 94 came along and I knew that they had plans for me, they, they had told me pretty much my entire, uh, redshirted year in 93 that I was, I was going to be the starting corner in, in 1994. And, uh, so in my mind, it was an expectation for me. Uh, and I just want to me, I just wanted opportunity. I just wanted to play. I just want to get on the field. And it started quick. My first very first game was at Florida State. Um, uh, we played Florida State twice in a row at Florida State because we played there my first year and my second year at Florida State. Danny Cannell threw me an interception early in the game. And I was like, wow, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> of course it wasn't. I mean, they went on and, and trounced us. Uh, but uh, I had success early. Uh, I had a taste of su success early. And that entire season, uh, including the, the Clemson game, where I had an interception at the end that set up the, the winning field goal, and we beat Clemson for the first time in who knows how long, uh, it just kind of set me on my path. I, it, it, my ability to find success when given the opportunity kind of trans you know, kind of really is like a microcosm of my entire career, college, high school, college, and pro. Uh, and that year was was a great year for me. Um, I, I knew that having that early success let me know that I was in the right space. Because I remember my first year, Jerry, you, nobody will ever hear me say this very often, but I remember walking out locker room my first year at Virginia and saying, I don't know if I can play with these guys. They're bigger, they're faster. They just look different than the kids at K-Spring looked. Um, so I, I needed to be sure that I was who I thought I was. And uh, having early success set that up for me. Was was the interception against Cannell, uh, was that sort of your defining moment that, that proved to you that Hey, I can play at this level. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, we were, we were, it wasn't anything special. I mean, we were an off coverage team. We were playing thirds. They, he, they were running a curl right in front of me. I'd, I'd read the, read the, the split of the receiver, read the, uh, the number two route of, of the, the second guy. And I, I just jumped it and it was an easy interception. Um, it really became kind of my MO as, uh, just, knowing what teams are going to do. I mean, it's really kind of, I'll give Art Marcos credit for that. We studied a lot of film and studied tendencies and it's really carried me over my entire career. I mean, I made a lot of plays look easy in college and pros by knowing what they were going to do. Uh, and so that preparation set me up for my success. And um, it, ironically, Jerry, the first person to throw me an interception in the NFL was also Danny Cannell. Uh, <laughs> when, he was playing, when he was playing for the Giants, so um, I, I think I owe him a little bit of credit for for where I for where I got in uh, in my football life. 
He probably, when he sees you coming, he probably goes the other way. <laughs> we joke about it all the time. Every time I see him. <laughs> um, those were special times, obviously playing for some of George Welsh's uh, best teams at Virginia and right. uh, setting you up for, uh, for greatness. Uh, Art Marcos, by the way, you gave him a mention. I, I, th- I don't think Artie gets a lot of credit when people look back at that era, but he was a, a really good secondary coach. He really was. And he coached some really good players, man. Like me, uh, obviously Anthony Poindexter. Uh, there was another corner slash safety to play for New England. I'm trying to add uh, Harris, um, Percy Ellsworth. Um, I mean, he had a, he has a, like a, more than a few guys that ended up playing uh, professional football. Um, and he was a, he was, he, he was just detail oriented guy. I mean, uh, he gets to mention my Hall of Fame speech. I mean, he taught me the details of the game or how to study the details of the game. Um, obviously, I grew on that when I got to the NFL because we were very simple in college. We played we played three college co- co- uh, coverages, and they were named Orange, Green, and Blue. I can't remember what they mean now, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> all, that's, that's all I remember. Uh, um, uh, is that is that we were a color scheme defense and. Uh, but I, I learned a lot under him, uh, really learned how to prepare, and it, and it helped me my entire career. How long did it take you to prepare your – write your speech? I, I mean, I, you get, what, like 15 minutes up there? Or- oh, God. They want us to be like 8 to 12. I think they they really kind of pushed it to like 10 to 12. I'll be right on that. I'll be right on that number. It, it took – it's harder than you think to get – the entirety of your career and say what you want to say in that short period of time, especially when you consider like we were talking about earlier, trying to capture the moment and not get too absorbed in the moment. Um, you know, there's, I don't know how many thousands of people are at the hall of fame every year, but I've been to um, a handful of them with all my teammates and coach Dungy getting in. Um, and uh, it can be emotional. Obviously you just, the, the, the stage is big and it's your one final time. I mean, there's nowhere else to go, right? You're right. football. <laughs> All eyes are on you. <laughs> right. There's nothing else to accomplish uh, in professional football than getting into the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so, you know, that 10, 12 minutes, I mean, I, I can guarantee it's going to go by like that. It's It'll be a snap. But for me, it took, it took about a month. Um, and it was write and then rewrite. And then I met with the with the with the now a friend uh, that helped me uh, kind of pare it down and you know get my context right um, to match the content and then you know just tweaking it here and there but it it it, it was a process but it's done it's been done for a while now and uh, as far as your bust how how do they do that do you go up and pose for something or how, yeah. how does that work yeah so this guy's name is Blair Buswell he's been doing bust since. Uh, 80s early 80s I think 83 was his first year doing it he lives out in Utah um, so I'd never been to Utah I think I guess I've been in the airport but it's my first time visiting Utah Uh, flew into Salt Lake he lives uh, about oh god I don't know 30 30 miles south um, uh, Salt Lake so we go down there we get there he has this bus that vaguely looks like a barber you know it's some sort of family resemblance uh and we sit down and we spent two days and he just he's a master at his craft he makes it look so easy um uh he's he's sculpting he's putting clay back on he's sculpting 
And, you know, after half a day, you're like, what are you even doing here? But it, <laughs> it just it just starts to take shape. He's an artist. Uh, this guy, Blair, he actually played football at BYU. He was there when um, Andy Reid was at BYU. And I was like, you're, and he was on scholarship as an art major. I was like, you're probably the only art major football player in history. <laughs> Um, but he's uh, he's very, very good at what he does. And after two days, uh, it looked like me. He had, even had the facial hair to represent me and not make me look like Tiki. So it was it was <laughs> it was really good. Uh, Tiki probably will point that out, too. <laughs> sure he should. Um, before we let you go, just update us on what you're doing now and uh, a yeah. little bit about your your family, your daughter's. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right. Yamil. Yep. And uh, Justin. Yep, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so they're both, uh, we're empty nested. We've been empty nested for two years, going on three years. Uh, our oldest, Yamil, is at University of Chicago. She's uh, studying media arts and design and creative writing. Um, she's doing a lot in like the computer science realm of production of TV and, uh, and, uh, and video games and um she's smarter than all of us she, she went she went to the one of the toughest schools to get in the country is the only school she applied to so she she's doing well um justice of course is in virginia uh at william and mary playing lacrosse this will be her third year coming up um i have big expectations for her and so does she she's in the business school at william and mary she's actually uh uh, uh this week she's got an internship starting with the buck she's she's um um, going to be interning with Mike Greenberg and 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 Jackie uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the kind of the business administration, the cap side of of football. And I was like, this is going to make her want to go to law school, I think, uh, or at least we hope. Um, but they're both doing well. Um, but we spend a lot of our time going to see them. Uh, but otherwise, I stay busy in the football realm. Um, have a lot of content that that I create for the Bucks. I have a, a Tiki and I have a podcast on uh, betting uh, uh, Superbook Sports, betting with the barbers, um, and then I do some other content with this this group called Thirty Third Team, uh, which is Mike Tannenbaum, who used to be a GM in in the league, and, and that keeps me busy. But my day to day really is what's over my right shoulder. The Valspar, Valspar? Yeah, yeah, Valspar Championship. Um, I uh, I'm general chair. I've uh, been general chair now for three years of that tournament, so. Um, I run a, uh, basically run a charity. I, I'm in charge of a sponsorship board and we go out and chase, you know, the dollars that help fund our tournament and, uh, put money back in this community. It's been one of the more rewarding things I, I've done here in Tampa. Um, obviously I've been involved in charity work for, for, for decades now here. Uh, but this touches more people than any, um, and, uh, being in charge and stewarding that organization, has been uh, has been really really fun. Been a challenge at times, especially during COVID, putting on a big event. Mm. Uh, but the reality is, uh, we give a million, two million dollars to charity every single year, and uh, put on a heck of an event in the process. And uh, it's been fun. It's been a real good time. That's great. And, and you're a, you're a, you've become a pretty good golfer yourself, right? Yeah, most times. <laughs> golf's one of those. Golf's one of those finicky things. Like I, I hate not being good at something, and I'm sometimes good at it, and sometimes bad. I'd be, I'd be like, if I was as, if I, my golf game was like my football game, they would have cut me like after my third year. <laughs> yeah, like most of us, <laughs> right? Flashes of greatness, but so inconsistent that you can't be reliable. Uh, wow. 
Well, uh, listen, uh, I know you got a lot of things to do. You're a busy man in demand right now. I appreciate you taking part of your day to speak with us. And again, uh, congratulations on uh, well-deserved honor. We're all proud of you. And uh, we'll all be watching on the 8th when you're inducted into Canton, where you should be. We, we, we knew it was coming, just a matter of when it was coming. Thank you, uh, Jerry. This is, uh, it's going to be fun. Um, all 420 people there will, will enjoy it, but I know there's many, many thousands more uh, in Roanoke here in Tampa, obviously, uh, parts of Virginia that, that grew up watching me play that, uh, I'll be, I'll be speaking to them as well. Um, and, uh, I'll be re real excited to represent where I'm from. So thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer, personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com.